This show is brought to you by Hospice Chaplaincy, promoting excellence in spiritual care at the end of life. For more information, please visit www.hospicechaplaincy.com. You are listening to The Hospice Chaplaincy Show, a show where we talk about the psycho-spiritual and psychosocial aspects of -of end-of-life care. You can find our podcast everywhere you get your podcasts. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please don't forget to give us your feedback by writing a review on iTunes and any platform you listen to the show from. And now, here are your hosts, Joe and Saul. Welcome to this episode of the Hospice Chaplaincy Show. I'm Saul Abama. And I'm Joe Newton. Uh, today we are going to talk about something that has been, you know, close to my heart, and that is recognizing and honoring the pause. P-A-U-S-E. The dictionary defines a pause as a temporary rest in speech and action. Today we are going to focus on a temporary rest in action. Sometimes that pause consists of moments like to smell the roses, or a little walk in the park, or a little walk in the garden. Sometimes that pause is time spent with family and friends. Sometimes that pause is is a longer one, to heal the wounds that we have sustained in life. This is what Terry Hershey writes in his book, The Power of Pause. While waiting for perfect, we pass on ordinary. While waiting for better, we don't give our best efforts to good. While waiting for new and improved, we tend to take the joy out of the old and reliable. He suggests that we pause and notice those ordinary moments. What do you think, Joe? Oh, that last little quote you just gave just uh, sent chills up and down my spine thinking about how it is that all the patients that I have recently talked to, yeah. uh, they're looking for things in the future. They're mm-hmm. not taking the moment that we have right now. Yeah. And as you call it, the pause. It is, I mean, I was just with one of my patients, my 106-year-old patient uh, yesterday. Hmm. And this 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 person has this woman uh is bedbound and she is just so unhappy there mm. because all she can do is remember how she was able to ambulate all those years until now mm. and be able to be integrated in the community uh visiting friends talking to people sitting all by herself like outside she can't do that anymore and the facility is, quite frankly, because of her age and because of her her uh, decline, you know, they don't want her to get out of bed because she could, you know, if she falls, she could, you know, yeah. don't want to say it's it, but break into a million pieces. But <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and they're looking for her safety. And she cannot, for the life, as much as I've talked to her, take that moment and look at where it is she is right now and see the blessing. And that is the power of pausing. That's right. And reflecting. Yes. You know, and because we always want to go and go. And Joe, this concept first, you know, touched me deeply. I was in South Africa in 2003. Uh, During that time, I was, uh, somehow I became this uh, big itinerary preacher. Mm -hmm. But even in South Africa, even itinerary preachers like I was, you still couldn't afford a car, man. so I used uh, public transportation. So it was a Sunday I was invited to speak in a church. And I was rushing. I was late. And uh, <laughs> so we used the minibuses. So I, there was a minibus at the, at, the, at the stop. 
ready to go to Pretoria. And when I went and the driver just took off. So I was mad. I had to wait for about 30 to 45 minutes for another minibus to come and take me to Pretoria. Oh. But the thing is, um, on our way, we found that the minibus had missed, had some accident. Oh, wow. So that is when it dawned on me. What was I even rushing for? Exactly. And sometimes we rush ourselves into trouble, mm-hmm. into crashes. And that is when um, it dawned on me um, why it's important to pause in life and to reflect. And you maybe even see it with your friends. When I ask people how they are, they almost answer busy. <laughs> or some variation of it, and which mm-hmm. is true because life gets busy. To some people, being busy seems like a high status. We feel like we are being sensible, logical, responsible, or practical. But it could also be that maybe we are running from something. Well, nobody wants or we to are running at... towards something. <laughs> nobody wants to recognize the fact that they're running from something, and I do believe that that happens more than running towards something. Yeah. Unless you were really at that moment realize that, I, you know, whatever it is that you're running towards, you still need to pause. Yeah. To see it and reevaluate if it's really something to run towards instead of running from. If you're running from something, you need to know why. Yeah. And not everybody. Uh, I was doing a chaplaincy in a hospital. And I was invited on a monthly basis to go to the mental health hospital in that in that consortium, I guess, or that grouping of hospitals there. Mm. And I would go in and I'd go to four different areas in that mental health facility. I would go to what was the, uh, I guess you'd say, those who are uh, in depression, those who were uh, really struggling with addictions and such like that. Then you had the other area, which was gerontology. Mm. Then you had eating disorders. And what was the last one? Oh, very high psychiatric uh, part of the hospital. And I was there to offer some sort of spiritual support to all of them, to each of the groups that I would go to. And each of them is so different than the other. Uh, The initial group that I would go to, which I call those who were more of on the depressed side, it became very evident to me that those who were in addiction— we're running from something. Mm. And I, you know, we would talk about that. And what is it that brought you here? Well, you know, I did this, I did that. Okay. Why is it that that is what it is? Well, you know, I've had this addiction. Well, okay. Where does the addiction come from? Mm. You know, and they've had enough interaction with professionals during their whole time there to kind of identify. And I found out from talking to most of the people there, and this is just a you know, I did had no study or anything like that. Yeah. We're dealing with grief. Wow. And they were running from it, and they would, they would fill their hole, their hurt, with some substance or something of some nature. Hmm. Or, know. Yeah. And, you know, they were forced to pause yeah. by coming to this facility. to ev- and, and it had to have been so difficult for them to pause. It is hard, and talking about that, I remember a story similar uh, uh, like that uh, when I was just starting out in hospice. And uh, even if I loved, you know, I believed even then that hospice was my calling. Um, But after a few months as a new hospice chaplain, I was uh, coming home 
and uh, beginning to get into uh, the Wii video games where I would play <laughs> <laughs> soccer tournaments. Mm-hmm. You know, it started with one hour, two hours, the next thing, you know, five hours oh, or up wow. to midnight or 1 a.m. still playing. Then I had to pause and ask myself, uh, what is happening to me? Why have I become like this? So this is what I realized, that the pain of the hospice patients was getting to me. Their pain I could not take away, but I could go in this fantasy world of the video game and Uh, take a small team and win fantasy trophies. That's right. (laughs) So those are things I could solve until I had to confront myself that it is not my job to cure these Mm. dying patients. Mm -hmm. It is not my job to cure them. Why am I bothered that I can't cure them? Then it dawned on me, it is my job to create space where they can speak themselves into spiritual healing and emotional healing. And since that, uh, my perspective fully changed. And from that moment, I never touched the video game again. But that is the power of the pause because it's easy to run and disappear into an addiction or into uh, like the, the video games, the fantasy world. Mm-hmm. But we always have to pause and reflect why we are doing what we are doing. And in the process, you know, find a better version of us to continue to do, you know, to grow and continue to contribute in this profession that we love so much in hospice. I find it very interesting, the recent uh, posts I've seen on hospicechaplaincy.com about some of the questions about entering into the chaplain role. And, you know, I was thinking about this on the way over for our, our, our podcast this morning. And I remember when I was in seminary, which is eons ago for some people, you know, it was just yesterday for me, uh, and having to come to upon the time in, in seminary where I was being questioned if I was, uh, I, I always looked at it in my mind as saying, am I good enough for this? Am I really called to this? Hmm this thing called ministry. And I, I remember waiting until I had, you know, I was evaluated by a, my advisor and a number of other professors. And I walk into the room and I'm like, okay, and what am I going to do now since they're going to kick my butt out of seminary because I'm not worthy. Mm. And because when I was praying about it beforehand, I saw absolutely black darkness, wow. Wow. nothing. And I'm like, oh, God is really telling me that there's nothing else that I should be doing but this. <laughs> the professors, everybody looked at me and said, what are you questioning for, Joe? Of course, mm-hmm. you're able to do this, and you're called. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm glad somebody else recognized it besides myself. Yeah. Uh, I look at how people are responding to our, your, uh, the, the, making their posts about their concern, about what it is they should be doing, and where is their f- understanding of 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 call. Hmm. During the middle of seminary, we were, I was forced to pause to look at that. And I do that all the time, Saul. I pause to see if I'm still called to this ministry. Hmm. I mean, we go through times like you just spoke of where, you know, am I, Am I carrying too much of these patients' pain? Am I helping them at all? Or am I just putting myself in their place? Yeah. You have to take that moment of pause 
to look at what it is that you are doing, what you, uh, what God is telling you, you, you need to do, and you need to listen. Yeah. It's important uh, to listen because in every work environment, there's stress. There are stresses. And for us in healthcare, it's compassion fatigue. Um, mm-hmm. So pausing really helps us to reflect uh, because you find that in, in helping profession, I remember we interviewed a nurse uh, on this podcast last year, and she said <laughs> when she was in the ER working as a nurse in the emergency room, most of the stuff we are going through tremendous addictions mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of how stressful the, the environment is. It's easy to jump into addiction. So the pause really allows us to reflect and to fully interpret the stresses around us and, and position it according and take care of ourselves. It's the perfect way, you know, for self-care. And uh, yeah. You know, I never, I never thought of it as that, so I'll be honest with you. Never thought of it as self-care. I always thought of taking that pause just to make sure I can redirect myself. Uh, I like the idea of self-care and understanding it under that, under that umbrella, if you want to call it that, of how we need to take care of ourselves. Yeah, I think I do it naturally. Yeah, and I and or because I think about all the times that I find myself stressed, and you know, I've I've learned so much over my years of hospice uh, chaplaincy of how to. Uh, not to hopefully get too burned out. And many hospice uh, professions or even anyone who works in healthcare and life, we struggle to balance work and, and life. Mm-hmm. You know, work-life, work-home balance is hard. And yeah. through our work with hospice chaplains, even when, even when we interview end-of-life experts here on our podcast, all of them struggle, you know, the work-life balance is hard. Mm-hmm. And when you ask them, how are you going to attain that? The first thing is maybe I need vacation. <laughs> and you see, nothing wrong with vacation. I think the answer should be recognizing and honoring the pauses that present themselves each moment, each day. Um, this point. is, this is why point. I love, uh, Joe, this is why I love improv comedy. Like whose line is it anyway? <laughs> you see, good improvisers always seem to have time. They don't hurry or rush. They are able to pause. And it is in that pause, rather than in their ability to think faster, that enables them to respond so effectively in situations that they could not predict or control. They pause, boom. <laughs> so powerful. Absolutely. I mean, it's powerful. I mean, you think about that, Saul, and you're... Uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, going through all of my my memories of trying to figure out, you know, when I when I'm called and told of things that are going on in a family situation when you're walking in, yeah. especially when you're on call, and you're, at least in my mind, I, I always think the worst. Unfortunately, <laughs> what am I going to walk into? What am I? What's going to be happening? What am I going to have to do? And you need to pause as you're walking in that door and just look around, feel the temperature, feel the the, the presence of what it is that's going on. And most times or not, it's anxiety and fear. And people are not talking to each other. People are just, 
you know, they're all in their own little worlds and they're not pausing. It's up to you as the chaplain to bring that moment of pause for the family to bring the, bring everybody cool down a little bit, a notch or two and, uh, and then start talking about the reality of what's happening. Yeah. A pause is not a fixed unit of time. It might be taking a moment before you enter a room mm-hmm. and say a little prayer. But it could also be screen-free Saturday. <laughs> Every two years, Bill Gates says that it takes a think week. Mm-hmm. It pauses from everything and just takes a week to just think. However fast you're moving, there's always the chance to pause, to rest, reflect or recover and heal, but also to appreciate, get perspective, connect to others, listen, add emphasis or have new ideas. You can pause for effect or pause for thought. It can be planned or spontaneous, momentarily or lasting. With that, we'll pause for a commercial break and we'll be right back. If someone you know is suffering from mental health issues and could use some support, please call the National Alliance for Mental Illness Helpline. It is a free nationwide peer support service, providing information, resource referrals, and support to people living with a mental health condition. To contact the NAMI Helpline, please call 1-800-950-NAMI. That's 1-800-950-6264, Monday through Friday, or send an email to info at nami.org. I'm Sol and you're listening to the Hospice Chaplaincy Show. We continue our conversation on the pause. Now, today we are going to address three types of pauses, and first is the first pause. The first pause, if you all can remember last year, I think March, when the entire world had to mm. pause because yeah. of the COVID-19 pandemic. For us in, in hospice, uh, many of us in the psychosocial team can, could not even visit our patients. We were told to pause, mm-hmm. and we became non-essential. So forced pauses happen, and how you react to it is, is also important. Many people, the, the pandemic pause actually led to a lot of mental health. There was a lot of increase in mental disorders, mm-hmm. in anxiety, in depression, and many other disorders. But also there were other people. It took this moment of the pause to actually learn something new, learn a new language, connect with people Absolutely. differently, learn new ways to be. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I, and for some people it's to heal. For someone to have to just sit back and do nothing when they've been going, th- you know, too hard, too fast, too long. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, it did cause some sort of mental health uh, anxiety because of, you know, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I got to go do this. I got to do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm always busy. And all of a sudden they have to sit there and they're twiddling their thumbs thinking, you know, I'm not, I'm not producing. I'm not, a, I'm not productive. I am not, I am not worthy. Yeah. And that's a difficult pause for a lot of Americans to be able to sit back and, but then uh, I'll use my mother as an example. Uh, she was sick before COVID hit a significant, uh, there was either pneumonia or something along the line there that, you know, challenged her uh, ability to breathe. And, and then, then you hear about COVID and I'm like, Holy crow. I thought, you know, that would kill my mother. Yeah. But she had got out of the hospital and that was in January. And of course COVID hit, 
February, March. And it healed her, quite frankly. I believe that COVID healed her because she was isolated. She had to pause. Mm. She had to stop what was her normal everyday existence, whatever it was in the facility that she lives. She's an independent living. So she couldn't even visit friends. She couldn't go out at the dinner. She had to have everything brought to her room and she had to just be there. And I really think that helped heal her in a significant way. You know, talking about healing, I think that the pandemic pause was a good healing for me. Um, I used to play soccer like three times a week mm. and my knees, I was beginning to feel some pain. <laughs> But now without playing Saul, soccer. Saul, that's called old age. <laughs> so without without playing soccer for over a year, now I go, I do not feel those pains anymore. Awesome. So awesome. You know, there are benefits, lots of benefits of pausing. And for us here with hospice chaplaincy, the pandemic pause really created a new opportunity. We got to meet so many chaplains around oh, the country with the weekly meetings yep. through the podcast. So in any kind of pause, there's an opportunity to actually connect and, and an opportunity to grow, mm-hmm. to heal and to nourish the soul. You know, in a first pause, yes, we feel wounded because we didn't want to pause. But this is yeah. our encouragement. Any kind of pause that re- presents itself in, in your life, recognize it, honor it, and use it to nourish yourself, to grow, to develop and become a better version of you. Uh, always thought of it, Saul, when you look back, you know, you can always look back with great dear clarity. Uh, it's really been a gift. Yeah. And most of the times we looked at it when it was happening, like it was farthest from being a gift. Yeah. It, it seemed negative. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's how a lot of how things work in my, in my theology of how God works in all of this. Yeah. And gives you, a, gives you something and it, you get to you get to determine how that affects your life, and you know, given this pause, uh, it was horrible as you you know we've experienced, and then to look back on it now and say you know there's parts of it that were very worthy for our yeah. thank goodness for, and then uh, the second pause is the random pause, and uh, I remember Joe, I was visiting a patient, and um, I was just five minutes from the house, then I get a call. Can you come back in an hour? <laughs> now, I, <laughs> I immediately parked on the side of the road, and I was mad. Yep. I'm like, okay, now this, is, this changes everything. That's right. <laughs> Should I just call back and say, you know, can I come tomorrow? Or is there a patient near that I could visit? Then it dawned me, you know, Saul, this is a moment to pause. Exactly. There was a beautiful park right across the street. Cool. So I had to go grab my lunch, sit by the leg, and just pause and heal. And when I actually went for the visit, I had more clarity, and it was a powerful visit. So when random pauses happen like that, you know, we want to find something else to do. But perhaps, perhaps God is saying, take a moment. And that's, that. you know, you, you, it's a perfect example to me of saying, uh, it's easy to get upset and angry about what you're out of control of. Yeah. And, you know, that, you know, who knows what, you know, now who knows what would happen if you had not had that, that pause before you went to see that patient. You don't know what could have happened in the family. I don't know what, how you would have, what you would have walked into. You have no idea what you would have felt like walking into that 
that situation. Uh, I think it's it's a uh, it's a random act of kindness. I mean, really, <laughs> we, we came, I mean, I don't know where that came from, but I mean, it just seems like you know, I that's happened Take to me so many times, Saul. Yeah, where you know you're 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 stopped from doing what your mindset has said you're going to go and do, and you're given that, and then you walk in and again, and you're like, it's a whole different approach. Then yeah, it's a good pause. You see, but many hospice chaplains, you know, they they feel like you know just waiting for that one hour without doing anything. Maybe they feel like they might be in trouble with the company. Oh, that's but so it true. Is, no, that but is so it's true. not your problem. The patient changed the time. And that is a time built in for you, you know, to pause and to reflect and, and to heal and to nourish your spirit. Oh, you've got, but, but that chaplain has to recognize the fact that you're, you're really taking care of yourself and you're not, uh, and that is a significant part as you were, you know, as we've said before, it's about self-care. Yeah. You know, and if you feel that you have to go and do something else and get that done before you go to that hour later visit, I, I would take a pause and check that out and find out why it is you have to do that. Yeah, because the temptation is to schedule another visit real Absolutely. quick. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So take the pause. I remember um, many years ago in this hospice and the patient was in uh, what they call terminal agitation, mm-hmm. you know, in constant pain, and they kept increasing the morphine. And because I'd had similar experiences before, I told the nurse, um, can you guys first uh, pause on the medication? Let me talk to him. Mm-hmm. And when I spoke to the patient, he actually needed to confess. And after I did the confession and asked, would God forgive me? I said, yes. The pain went away. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, they were continuously pumping him up with pain medication. But that moment of the pause helps. And this is, you know, mm-hmm. when we live in the moment and we were able to recognize and even request for those pauses, it's really powerful. That's an awesome example of talking of, especially during terminal restlessness and all of that, where there is something that has caused the patient to be, besides just the fact that they're dying, but there could be other things as well. Yeah. And you, you nailed it right there by talking to them. And with that, we'll take a little break and we'll be right back. Angels Grace Hospice brings comfort, dignity, and peace to help people with a life-limiting illness live every moment of life to the fullest while providing support for loved ones. We perform hospice care in your home, nursing home, or assisted living community, depending on your individual circumstance. For more information, you can check us out at www angelsgracehospice.com or you can call us at 1-888-444-8341 to comfort always this is our work i'm sole berman you're listening to the hospice chaplaincy show so the third uh, we are talking about uh, recognizing and honoring the pause and this is the third the intentional pause in fact uh, to our listeners the hospice chaplaincy show podcast for us here, yeah, it was an intentional pause. We decided that every Friday we'll take an hour away from the crazy world of hospice and just sit in the studio and talk and interview guests around the world. And that's, it has been one of the powerful, nourishing moments, not only for us, but for many people uh, that are here. But that was an intentional pause. 
I have never thought of that, Saul, <laughs> quite <laughs> frankly. That was that is exactly the case of what this was. I love the thought of how this has been known as an intentional pause and how people can do this by us doing this work to stop what they're doing for a day and spend an hour yeah. and just listen and let their mind wander and say, I agree with it. I disagree with it. I think this is, this is not important, but they've had the time to pause yes. and hopefully gain something from this. Yeah. So the intens- intentional pause could also mean a retreat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could mean a day off, a week off, whatever it is. It's intentional for you to heal. And Hospice Chaplaincy Show podcast as an intentional pause was has really been a blessing. We've connected with end-of-life experts around the world. Yes, we have. Because we took that intentional pause to be present here and, and, and engage with end-of-life experts around the world. A few years back, I was talking to a colleague who was struggling to catch up with work. I suggested that he take a break in order to evaluate his situation. He said, I don't have time for that. (laughs) A few weeks later, he called me to tell me that he had fallen ill from exhaustion and had to take a week off from work. If you don't intentionally push the pause button, sometimes life will push it for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, so many times when I was doing my CPE, that I would see someone in a part of the hospital where I was visiting, especially in the heart area, the heart part of the hospital, where you would, where I would find myself talking to uh, individuals who thought of themselves very highly because of the position they they held in a company, for instance, and they were in there because of a heart attack. Mm. Talk about an, an, an you know an intentional pause put put upon them that they didn't see ahead of time, that they needed to do for themselves. And yet I would talk to them and they had no idea that this was caused because of their inability to take those pauses. I mean, they just thought it was just their body doing this and doing that. had nothing to do with the idea that they just needed to settle down and stop. Yeah. This is how I look at the pause. It is like stopping so you can get ahead. Yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> it may seem counterintuitive, but sometimes you need to stop in order to get ahead. Pausing to ask yourself what, how, and why you're doing things can be exactly what you need in order to resume your forward progress. Mm-hmm. Other times you may simply need a break to recharge and prevent burnout. If that occurs, you're going to spend a lot of time recovering than if you had taken a break in the first place. So here are some moments for me when I push the pause button, especially when I'm behind. (laughs) When I'm running behind, when I'm constantly doing yesterday's work today, that's when I realize, no, I have to pause, take a day off, finish whatever I have to finish and resume afresh. Mm -hmm. I will not allow myself to continually do yesterday's work today. That's when I'll push the pause button. When I'm delivering less than my best, that's the right time to push the pause button. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. When I need more time, you know, many times, you know, people are not ready and they just go ahead. Why? If you're not ready, you're not ready. Take more time, prepare, and then do it. Um, when, I'm, when I find myself doing something I shouldn't be doing, like if I have a priority list, 
but now I've drifted into something else. <laughs> Searching Facebook, it's really... <laughs> Yeah. That's when you realize. Yep. It's time to pause. How about you? Oh, I I I get told a lot from my wife to pause. <laughs> <laughs> you know, quite simply because uh I can find myself distracted, uh focused on things whether it's work or other items in my life and to just get centered again. You know, that's something I learned when I was uh, working in the church. You know, you've really, in the church, of course, there's so many other same things, but different type of uh, expectations yeah. of you. And, you know, you try to do everything for everybody and you're, you're, you're not just one day behind you, you're several days behind you. And you start thinking about what is it that I'm going, how am I ever going to get catch up to this? And, you know, when you say to, you know, when you say to, to, to take yourself a time and you're going to look at your own, your own schedule and say, I don't have time to take that pause. Yeah. You know, to be intentional about it. And that is to, um, you know, as I look back in my history, that's a detriment to your own development and your own, your own uh, spiritual well-being if yeah. you don't take that pause. It is and, important, and, and but yet you know you've got other you've got other goals and aspirations that you want to achieve, and you think, well, if I if I let it slip behind, it's, I'm never going to get there. And like you said, and I agree with that wholeheartedly, <laughs> to pause and to stop so you can jump ahead. Yeah, and, and but people don't think of it that way. They don't think about it. Here are the instances uh, instances where I take a pause when I need a break. I take a pause. When I'm rushing, like today, I was rushing to the studio. Then I realized, you know, it dawned on me. So if you get a, if the police stops you here for speeding, <laughs> now you're delayed even longer with a bigger fine. Why don't you pause? So I had to pause and take it easy. I know my brother Joe will wait for me here. That's right. So, yeah, when I'm rushing, I take a pause. When I'm not ready, I take a pause. When I need to make an important decision. I take a pause and think about it. When I am under the weather, I take a pause. There's no reason to go into work sick. That's Why? Right. That's right. Why are you doing that to yourself? Mm -hmm. And when I want to enjoy life, you know, time with friends and loved ones, I take a pause. In her book, Radical Acceptance, Tara writes that through the sacred art of pausing, we develop the capacity to stop hiding to stop running away from our own experience. We begin to trust in our own natural intelligence, in our natural wise heart, in our capacity to open, to be open to what arises. Wow. Powerful words there. Yes. Uh, very accurate about uh, just living life and how to uh, be in the midst of it instead of, you know, trying to be ahead of it. Because, you know, you, you've got to be able to stop and take a moment. And as they say, you know, just think about all the blessings that you've been given. Uh, I think of the, uh, the poor Olympic sprinter that I heard about this morning that was caught with an illegal substance in her blood test mm -hmm. and now will not be, able to, not be able to run in the Olympics. And... To hear her read a little bit of her story and of her apology for letting everybody down, especially herself, mm. 
there's a part of me said that she did not pause, Saul. No. She, as you bring this up, she did not pause to recognize the grief that she was going through. Yeah. Because recently her mother died. Oh. Wow. And so she probably had to do something to try and help with the pain. And unfortunately, it was something not appropriate. But if maybe if she had paused and thought about it and she thought about it, you know, and she's... I'm, Undo it. Can tell, yeah, yeah, and she's a highly motivated person. Yeah. Highly motivated. And, you know, it's, it just breaks my heart to think that, you know, that she didn't take the time to look at what was going on around her and the pause, as you call it, as we call it, mm. to see what it is. And uh, I just pray for her well-being in the future. Yeah. You know, when life gets tough and chaotic and there's a lot of grief, it's important to pause. Christina Jaws in our book, The Importance of Pausing, writes, imagine reading a book in which there are no commas or periods. Page after page, all the words run together, making it near impossible to decipher the intended meaning. Imagine listening to a piece of music that doesn't have any rest in it. What you'd experience is a collection of meaningless noise. Imagine getting into a car and driving it from point A to point B. At the start, from point A, you press the accelerator until you get to point B. <laughs> this action would cause chaos and destruction to you and to those around you. The commas and periods in written word and the rest in music are what give context and meaning to those forms of expression. Using the brakes while driving allows you to interact with other, other drivers respectfully and safely on the road. All of these are examples of pausing and they create order out of chaos. Wow. <laughs> Boy, that hits me right between the eyes. I mean, just, that is so true. That is so, so true. Just to think about it. I mean, if everybody were here listening to this podcast, we're just take a moment now and just think about their life and how we try to run it where there's no pauses. Now, is that is that because you're so determined to get to point B and that you don't care what it goes on around you during that time from point A to point B? You're missing uh, uh, so much. It's a very, oh, man, I mean, that very powerful You know, the, the, entire, the entire rhythm of life has pauses. Look Absolutely. at the four, the four seasons. Yeah. There's winter, summer. It, it pauses. Even in the creation narrative, yep. If God creates the first day, and this is I like it how Genesis says, then there was evening and uh -huh. there was morning. That's right. <laughs> so before the Sabbath, there were those many pauses. If the Creator had those many pauses before the bigger pause of the Sabbath, why can't we? We must. So to sum this up. Pausing and taking breaks can help in many ways, including the following. Increasing focus, boost, boosting awareness to make healthy choices, reducing stress, helping to maintain interest and energy level, making it possible for you to do better work after you take the pause, decreasing your risk of types of injuries that can happen to a person if they lose focus, like overuse injuries. My hope, Joe, this is my hope. My hope is that each of us can use pauses, great and small, in our own way to interrupt the insidious slide 
into a mode where we act like poorly performing machines rather than the vibrant, irregular, delightful people that we are. My thought is exactly that along that line, because if we don't, we're going to have a lot of crispy critters out there that don't, uh, that are not going to be performing or doing or honoring this profession. Uh, they're not going to be honoring their, their call that they receive from our creator. And it just is an, an important reminder for all of us, all of us. I mean, this isn't just for chaplains. This is for everybody. Uh, nurses, health aides, doctors, janitors, everybody, everybody, educators. Uh, this is a significant reminder that take a pause. Take a pause. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast was recorded at Audio Hive Podcasting Studio in Joliet, Illinois. Audio Hive Podcasting is a studio dedicated to podcast recording, editing, and production. For more information, you can find us at audiohivepodcasting.com.